Love, it is that time of year when so many of us, 88% when I asked you on Instagram stories, are limping to the finish line of the year. And simultaneously, we're dreaming and planning for the year ahead, formally or informally making loud or quiet, even somewhat subconscious resolutions of how we want next year to be better, different, how we want it to feel. And for so many of us in this community, what we're seeking is not the stereotypical resolutions, which are being harder on ourselves, losing weight, whipping our schedule into shape, being a little more perfect. Instead, we want things to be just a little easier, to feel lighter, to feel less burned out, which is why I am thrilled to be opening enrollment for my Healing Burnout course and Elegant Excellence community at the top of the year for just the second time ever. Our first cohort of women have just gone through the six-week experience and are just beginning their six-month membership in the community. They have incredible stories of breakthroughs, peace, permission, ease that I cannot wait to share with you. So envision right now joining us in the new year. You can get on the waitlist today at hillaryrushford.com slash burnout. When all the cultural messages are telling you to be harder on yourself, lean into a community where we are being softer. And from that place, truly making our lives so much better. So enter your email at hillaryrushford.com slash burnout or the link in the description below. And I cannot wait to help you have a more healed and hopeful new year together. Welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, lovely. If we have been hanging out on Instagram lately, you know that I am so blessed to be having an international family Christmas this year. We really hit the jackpot this year. My dad's dream had always been to go to London for a big birthday that he was having. And when my parents mentioned this a year or two ago, I said, you know, Jeremy and I will absolutely come with you if you guys actually do that. And so we traveled with my parents to London. We got to stay in the house that we have, my family has all lived in at different times through the university that my sister and I went to. My parents worked at, my parents were the faculty family a variety of times over the years in London. I went to first grade over there. My sister went to junior year of high school over there. I then studied as a student over there and uh, the students were gone for the holidays. So we got to stay in this incredible, massive house in South Kensington and kind of show Jeremy just a little bit of where my family has all lived, like that neighborhood. And um, that was just so delightful. And then we took the train over to Paris for my birthday, which is such a dream to be able to say that you were in Paris for your birthday. And both of these were the first cold trip that we have ever taken. Normally, everywhere we want to go is sunny and warm. And because we live in a cold climate, I don't want to go places to be colder, <laughs> to ski or sit by the fireplace. Like I would rather go someplace warm in Christmas. So it also was the nice rare trip that if my dad hadn't been committed to doing it on his birthday, Jeremy and I wouldn't have been traveling in, in cold weather. I will say it was a lot harder to pack for cold weather than for normal trips. There was just so much back and forth between what I was wearing, Jeremy was wearing, my parents, so much like texting of, are these boots okay? And what kind of long underwear do you have? And just all of those things that you have to take into consideration. So it was a lot more to plan for, but 
so fun to just have that rare experience. There is something magical about being in a big city at Christmas, New York, London, Paris, any of those places, all the outdoor markets and the lights and the storefronts and uh, just spectacular. And now we are in Marrakesh, Morocco, which is such a pinch me, like always been on my bucket list. And I feel like We all just kind of lost that a bit in the years of the pandemic and not knowing when we could travel and things like that. And this has just been such a hard year for Jeremy and I. We felt like we barely even had time to plan this trip and uh, tried a couple different things that weren't working. And this just ended up unfolding in such a delightful way. So come follow along over on Instagram, see uh, where we are staying. It is absolutely gorgeous um, and would love to share it with you. But we are now just a few days out from Christmas and I was reflecting on the fact that for me personally, being home for Thanksgiving this year was quite challenging. (laughs) And I'll share one of the reasons why, but while I was home, this phrase came to me of three Gs, because I love a good memorable alliteration, but the third one really is the key for me here. And this idea that popped into my head of these three stages sort of, it helped me to do two things. Number one, honor that things were hard and not just brush it under the rug and be like, it's fine, it's fine, I'm sure it's going to be fine. And number two, not let that hard thing become the dominant narrative where like it increases my anxiety and my frustration and and to focus on the good not from toxic positivity the like it's fine it's fine but authentically from seeing both the bad and the good sitting in that yes and both and sitting in that tension so the reason in my case that things that thanksgiving was hard was twofold but the one that I'll share here the bigger one for me was work A key member of my team had a personal crisis and quit without notice, which was preceded by a season of them not being able to fully do the job because of the situation. So for almost three months now, I have been doing two jobs, which would exhaust and overwhelm anyone. And they were bringing on a quick temp to help out just as they left. But then that person, the week of Thanksgiving, had a medical crisis in their family and wasn't available and was pretty much unavailable the rest of the year. So it's like having your childcare quit for three months. And in the middle, you're like, oh, I'm going to get a part-time babysitter. And then they also aren't available. And you're trying to do your job and watch your kid. It is just draining. And this situation felt really triggering to me because there have been so many Thanksgivings over the years when I was at my parents and having to work. And I have these specific memories of like being in the parking lot of Starbucks, you know, where I went to try and work for a few hours on the phone with my project manager in tears because I only get to see my nieces and nephews two, maybe occasionally three times a year. And so to miss that time with them feels so devastating. And specifically as my oldest niece is getting older, she's more aware of why can't you play with me? And so there's more of that like, what? You have to work again? I thought we were going to do this. I thought we were going to do that. And so you're, I'm sad that I'm missing out on the time, but then I'm also seeing that she's sad that she's missing out on the time. Um, and Jeremy was helping me some. So then my nephew is really bummed that that he's not getting more time with Jeremy. And I had this really strong reaction of, oh my gosh, how is this happening again? 
How has nothing changed? How am I still failing? Because to me, my lack of work-life balance is the number one way I feel like I can, quote, fail. So the first G is grieving. And there may be so much that you are grieving this holiday season. When we really open up our hearts to make space for all of the realities that ourselves, our loved ones, the people that we follow on social media may be going through, you may be grieving that you're still not pregnant this year at Christmas, that you're still single (laughs) this Hanukkah, that your sibling is married and they don't come home anymore, so it's just you and your parents, and that always just feels a little lackluster, or that someone has passed away and they aren't there this year, that you can't afford to travel to where you want to be. Maybe you are alone or you're not with the people or in the place that you truly would choose, that you too are working or are burned out. And for some of us, the holidays can be really triggering because It's that classic Hallmark family time, right? And we may not have that idyllic family situation, whether that's because your family doesn't go to therapy and there's passive aggressiveness or there's nitpicking and criticism or there's gaslighting. And so you wish that you had that warm, close-knit, tight, positive, supportive family that you see perhaps on social media, or that you know friends that do have that, or you see it in the Hallmark movies. And there may be that consistent grieving over the years. Maybe nothing new has happened. It's just an an awareness, and it might even be a heightened awareness because you have done more of your work. You are more healed. You have gone to more therapy. You have worked on yourself more. And now you may have more vision to see yeah, this family isn't as healthy as I I wish that it could be. Or you dreamed last year that this Christmas, maybe you would finally have someone to bring home or a pregnancy to announce, or you thought your baby would be here this Christmas and then you miscarried. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that because when we don't acknowledge the grief, what we try to do is brush it under the rug, but it doesn't work because our head and our heart are too smart and sensitive. We know the truth. So we're trying to gaslight ourselves and be like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's not the big of a deal. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Like, I'm not really interested in a relationship right now. Like, oh, it's fine. Like, the pregnancy will happen. We'll get there. Like, you know, a lot of people are going through worse. Like, whatever the things are that we can tell ourselves so that we don't have to really sit with it. We try to maybe outrun it, out it, not slow enough so that we really would sit with, this is hard. I'm feeling melancholy. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm grieving the reality of what is, whether that's in, in my individual life my romance, my pregnancy, my work, my finances, my living situation, or that I'm kind of bringing home and is a little bit more on display because I, I, everyone else in the family is married or, or the nosy aunts keep asking when you're going to have the baby and don't realize how insensitive it is because you guys have been trying or they're asking you about your job and it just doesn't seem that great and everybody else seems to have a better job or whatever, or because you're home and around that family where you're like, I want this to be better, but it's just not. I want there to be more health and healthy relationships here, but there just isn't. And only from that place of being honest about it can we then show ourselves self-compassion and say, 
That's so hard. I totally validate why that's so hard. And that's the only thing that helps. That's the only place we can sit in where we can consider what would help me feel better from this place. When we're just trying to deny it, either with like toxic positivity of like, it's fine, it's fine, everything happens for a reason, God is a plan, the universe doesn't give you more than you can handle, whatever things that like really are not sitting in our soul is like, you're like, I don't know if that's fully true, but it's just like what people say. Or from the place of, I'm just going to be so busy and I'm going to keep myself so overly full that I don't have to sit with, this might feel sad to acknowledge. And if I run fast enough, I can outrun the sad. But we ultimately can't. It's there. Your head and your heart are so smart and sensitive. You know it's there or you know what you're telling yourself isn't true. And that just exacerbates the pain. It makes it us feel like we're protecting ourselves, but actually we are making it harder than when we just acknowledge it. So I grieved, and that doesn't have to mean weeping. I just acknowledged, this sucks. I am so frustrated, and this isn't okay. I think that's one of the biggest phrases that has really helped me this year is saying, this isn't okay, and it's not going to be okay you know, in the foreseeable future. It's not like right around the corner, this is going to be fine. It may never be okay that you had pain in those years of singleness. It may never be okay because your family may never get the mental health help that it needs to really be healthy and high functioning. It may never be okay that you went through that miscarriage or that painful season of infertility. It's not okay now and it may never be okay. But the second G is gratitude. And I know we hear this one a lot, but I think the only way it doesn't crush us to acknowledge the things that aren't okay is to balance it with the things that are. So I followed that thought with, I'm so grateful for the team I have who's amazing. Jeremy dove in and helped me with some tech issues. I I, I thought through all the fun things that I was still getting to do while I was home because so often it can outweigh it, right? We can feel like, I remember years ago, a a friend saying to me that as a stay-at-home mom who homeschooled, she said, so often I realized that if I lost my temper or something like that, you know, in the morning, I would think, ugh, like I just, the day is ruined. And then I realized it doesn't have to be the day. It can just be the morning. You can regroup at lunchtime, go back to, you know, being more calm and positive, like you want to be showing up for your kids, and that's what they're going to remember. It doesn't have to be the whole day. And I notice that for myself a lot, that it can feel like, well, I had to work for three hours today, so that was the day. It was a work day, as opposed to, well, yeah, I worked from 9 to 12. But then after that, Devin taught us the dance routine for the Thanksgiving parade that we were putting on in the living room, and then we baked cookies, and then we went to the park, and then we watched a movie, and then we had dinner, and then we stayed up late and talked after the kids went to bed. Like, all of these fun things, those three hours were then clouding the next 10 hours that I would go on to have. I'm you know, so grateful for the days that I didn't work. I didn't work every single day. So yes, I went into the week thinking, I'm going to have five days where I'm not working. I only ended up with two, but I gave gratitude for those two. I was like, could have been, you know, all five. So whether you are grateful for your family or good food, a cozy home, a pretty tree, your health, your job, your creativity, even if your challenge this season is family, your sister is so inflammatory and just like flies off the handle and says things that create chaos, but your brother isn't. Grief, 
and gratitude, you know, or your 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 mom doesn't react and gives in to her, whatever. Your mom is so critical, but she's also a hoot when you get to making cookies and you've always loved that baking tradition. So is she perfect? No, we're going to grieve that. We're not going to try to lie to ourselves and pretend that it's okay that she's so critical about your weight or whatever it is, but then also we're going to give gratitude that she's also really funny and you have all these like sweet memories. You know, you don't have the baby, but you have the hope that you will or a supportive partner uh, in this season, you know, on and on. But I think for me personally, the most important is the third G, which is growth. It can be so easy when we have clear markers like the holidays to focus on how things still haven't happened. The number of years I was so sad to still be single at the holidays. Like if that is you and it is your deep desire to be in a relationship, I honor that, that it is so painful to not have that dream realized yet. You are still living with roommates or renting and you don't own, or your stepdad still makes comments about your weight. You know, especially if you're going to the same home each year, where you're sort of visually and physically back in that place, or you're seeing the same people, even if it rotates where the family is, or you just have some of the same traditions. Maybe you're mixing it up and sometimes you're at friends or sometimes you're with your partners, but there's still that sense of the trimming the tree or the doing the gingerbread houses or the music that just kind of brings back this feeling of that season of the year. It can be such a visceral marker of OMG, nothing's changed. How am I still here? I think a lot of us experience this with a birthday, but there really is something about the fact that the holidays fall at what we determined many years ago is the end of the year, that it sort of feels like I hoped by the time I got to the end of this one, I would have fill in the blank. Or, you know, I hope that 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 by this time in the season of our family, we would have grown past these things. And oh my gosh, how am I 30? How am I 40? How am I 50? And this is still the reality in my family. Oh my goodness. And I don't think there's anything more defeating, honestly, than not feeling progress. Because that eats into our hope that there will be change, that change is possible, that it is going to get better. And without hope, life is just dark and heavy. I think the the heaviest times in my life are when I feel like I don't know if this is ever going to change. I'm in a situation and I don't know how to make it better, how I'm going to get out of it. So in my case, I really had to separate the what feels the same. I am working more than I expected and want to over the week that I'm home. But the why was so different. It's not because I didn't plan well, overcommitted, overcomplicated. It had nothing to do with me, my wisdom, working well, taking care of myself. It was a circumstance outside of my control. And we've been talking a lot about this a lot in our private elegant excellence community with the uh, women who've gone through the first round of the healing burnout course. And we've been coming back to this that so often feeling burnt out or whatever it is that we are grieving or struggling with, it isn't our fault. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we for sure create our chaos. And so many years at Thanksgiving, that had been true. And it doesn't mean that we are fully unempowered, that there aren't things we can do to make it better. And truly because of all the work that I've done to heal my burnout, I was much less affected and rattled by this than I would have been in the past. There was much less like, 
rage coursing through my body. My nervous system was less activated. I was less emotional. I wasn't crying because I've really done that healing work. But life will happen. Circumstances outside of our control will happen. And therefore, we can find ourselves in a situation that feels familiar. The the what is the same. You're like, I freaking have been here before. But the why is different. And I was able to realize I actually have grown. You know, if the original team member hadn't had something happen in their life and they were here in the role, things would have been great. You know, we use that phrase in breakups like, it's it's not you, it's me. And then everybody's singing, you know, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. But actually, I keep kind of bristling at that song. And I think because I've been in a season, I've been in a year, frankly, where the reason things have been so hard has not been me. (laughs) And that's not to say that I'm perfect and I don't make any mistakes by any means. But I think to honor that circumstances can be outside of our control. People are going to make other choices. We can't control all of that. But turning it back on ourselves, the acknowledgement that I had grown was everything. I was still frustrated and grieving. It did not make it okay. But I wasn't blaming myself. I wasn't disappointed in myself. Because you can be disappointed that you're single and know that you did nothing wrong and see so much other growth in your life. This particular circumstance didn't move forward or change, but we know logically that we can't force that to happen. And it doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong. You can be disappointed that you're not pregnant and know that you did nothing wrong. Know that you did everything that you you could. See the growth that you've made in the wisdom on your health or the wisdom medically or the growth and the progress in your mental health, how you're handling this better than you were six months ago or than you were a year ago. You can be disappointed that your family is triggering and proud of how well you are handling it, how much healthier you are than you were last year or five years ago or 10 years ago, how you're less reactive how you have more wisdom to understand why that other person is behaving in the way that they are and how it actually has nothing to do with you. Uh, You have better boundaries. You can be grieving your reality while still having incredible love and pride for yourself. And that makes all the difference because we probably all have things we are grieving that they aren't where we want them this year. And lots to be grateful for, But I think most of all, because both of those, the grief and the gratitude, can really be based on circumstances outside of our control. I mean, I am deeply grateful for my health. I'm not proud that I have good health. The fact that I don't have a major illness right now, I'm not associating with the fact that I like take such good care of myself. I'm sure, yes, I treat myself healthily enough, but I'm just thinking that is like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe for my marriage, for my home, for that my parents are still with us, that, you know, my sister has these beautiful children. Like, I'm giving gratitude for all those things, but they're not about me. They are circumstances that I am blessed with. They're privileges that I have. And so, too, much of the grief can be things that are out of our control, things that we might be working at to be single, to get on Broadway, to get the book agent, whatever, but we can't force them to happen. But growth is what's in our control. We can always grow. And if you hang out with me, my dear, you have absolutely grown so much this year. I know it. We are the rare people, 
And it might seem like it's a lot of people because maybe like attracts like and you've immersed yourself in this world. But actually, the holidays might be a time when you see some more extended family and in-law family and all of that. And you realize, you know what? How many people here are really doing the personal development work that I'm doing? And I don't say that in a like holier than that way. But I say it in a like, I'm going to put my hand on my heart and my hand on my stomach and say, I am so proud of you. You are working to grow. You are less affected by these things. You are less reactive. You are more emotionally healthy than you were a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I am so proud of you to yourself because you want growth. You actively are working to make your life, yourself, your mindset, your head and your heart better. You are working to make yourself happier and healthier in the main area that you can control, which is this inner personal growth. And as we come to a close of the year, knowing in my mind what I have coming for you in 2023, I am already so excited to do that with you. Whether you are already in my private Elegant Excellence community group and you lean in more in this new year and we get to know each other better and spend more time and you get to share more things that myself and the community get to help and support you in or you join my Healing Burnout course when it opens in the new year again, that is what we are all about is growing 10% better in a season, a year, an area. And so if you can set aside the circumstances as you move through your holidays this week, who are the people that I can't control, the the situations that I can't force to make happen, what, what am I grieving that I can't perfect, I can't make it happen? And what am I grateful for that, again, may not be a patting myself on the back. It just may be a blessing, a privilege, thank you to God or the universe. But then most of all, what are you proud of? What do you love about yourself and in your growth? And that peace, love, and pride that comes from that can make both the grieving and the gratitude easier. I, for one, am so deeply grateful for you and to be on this journey of life with people like you who are working to say, how can I make myself and my life a little bit happier and healthier and more hopeful. And if this episode helped you, I would be so grateful if you would share it on your stories and tag me or text it to a friend as a lovely little free holiday gift. And I am sending you all of the wonderful, warm, cozy wishes heading into this holiday week. And I'll see you back here next Wednesday with Grace and Gumption. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is my Christmas tree, or more specifically, the people who invented decorating Christmas trees. I don't know what the history of this is, but I think it's one of the loveliest things that we ever came up with as human beings. I mean, you really think about it. We decided to take this thing that grows in nature and that once a year we would put lights on it, we would put garland on it, we would put ornaments on it. Like, who are the first people that were like, you know that giant tree out there? Maybe we could decorate that. Like, I get flowers. You're like, these are beautiful. Why don't we cut these down and bring them inside? 
But a tree, we were like, maybe that giant tree out there, we should hack it off and bring it inside, but only once a year. And then once we get it in here, we don't just put it in water like we do flowers. We're going to like go through this whole thing to decorate it. It's really pretty magical when you think about it. We're just so used to it being there. But every year it just, and I know I'm not alone in this, it just is so magical, right? And as I'm sure many do, we have to adjust the furniture in order to be, find a place for the tree to go. And so we have this faux fireplace that I bought years ago. It was like $400 at Home Depot or something. But I wanted – I didn't have a mantle in the apartment I'd moved into. The apartment before had a faux fireplace, and I really loved the mantle, and I had things that went there. So I was kind of looking to replace that. This little thing has been one of the best purchases that I've bought over the years. So during the year, like, you might not even notice it when I share my apartment. It's kind of sideways against a wall. It doesn't get that much focus. But then in the winter, we pull it out and we put it in the center of the room and we turn that faux fireplace on all the time. Just, you know, I, I would love a real fireplace. But honestly, it's like the Yule log on the Netflix channel. It really just does give you a vibe to feel those little flickering lights. And then this year, on our mantle... For the first time ever, we have three stockings. We have three stockings, which really is the sweetest little thing. I mean, I understand that we have a pet, not a baby. And those are two very different things. But nonetheless, there really is such a sense of like, it was so fun the first year that we were married to be like, oh, I have a matching stocking with someone. You know, I don't think I just put up one stocking for myself when I was single. That would have felt a little... Sad to me personally, I guess, but lovely if you do it. And so I think that first year it was like, oh my gosh, I, I have a partner now. I get to like have a stocking, you know, two stockings. So this year, I will say, I was like, I looked up the CB2 stockings that we had. They were not in stock. I was like, I'm not going to go buy us, you know, three new stockings. Like, what, what can I find to just make this work? And then I realized I have in my Christmas box the stocking that I'm pretty positive my mom made me when I was a baby. It's made out of felt and sequins and it has a snowman on the front. And I was like, you know what? I have this. I guess over the years, I've probably just hung it up as decoration. So I got iron-on letters. Jeremy and I, our stockings just have a letter on them that, again, was an iron-on thing that I did. So we have a J and an H. So I got an FC to iron-on. Y'all, I am so not crafty. <laughs> I couldn't even do iron-on letters right. Now, in my defense, I do think putting them on, you know, 30-year-old felt may have been a little bit of a lofty ask that I didn't really, you know, uh, think through. But I, I did the F. Part of the F came off. It, like, broke off. So then I cut off part of another F, and I tried to layer that one over. But then the middle part got too hot, and so it started, like, smushing Anyways, I just decided to like laugh about it and be like, you know what? I have a lot of gifts in the world. I'm staring at this thing right now and it's making me twitch that it looks kind of messy. But once I put it up on the fireplace, nobody but me is going to look that closely at it. So I'm just going to let it go. And meanwhile, Freddie Cappuccino is so into the tree. I'm struggling a little bit with what I would imagine is the constant mom war, if you have actual human little ones, of the things that you are saying no to a million times a day and trying to – you're like, they aren't getting it. And do I just choose to let this go? Because he's playing in the bottom of the tree and I very intentionally – I just thought through, I don't want to stress about this. I want to enjoy the fact that I have a cat and I want to enjoy the fact that I have a tree. And I don't want it to be a stressful thing. So any – and we just had no idea how he was going to react. We were like, is he going to leap up on the tree? Is he going to knock over the tree? So anything delicate, I just didn't put on the tree this year. 
I was like, I, and I said that to Jeremy, if, if the whole tree knocks over, it's fine. If any ornament he knocks off and it breaks, it's fine. Nothing that was a family heirloom, nothing that's really meaningful to me. I just left it all off because I just didn't want to feel stressed or panicked or disappointed. I, I didn't want to feel like, ooh, which one do I choose? I definitely wanted to choose just enjoying being there with the cat. But he bats at like the lower branches and I keep saying no and trying to get him away. He's not really getting it. And I'm like, Am I being mean by trying to get him away from this? Because it's just, it's a fun, colorful thing. Of course, like these these white lights and these spiky branches and these um, dangling balls that he can bat at. What cat wouldn't want to do that? And I think that's something that a piece of advice I've heard about kids is that oftentimes we're trying to get kids not to touch something in front of them. And it's like, well, maybe just move the thing away from them <laughs> so that they don't have to control themselves. And I'm like, well, we're not going to get rid of the tree. So I've been was I've been debating back and forth, like, do I just let him play with it? Like, whatever. So he knocks off the garland. I'll put it back up. So he knocks off the ornaments. What else? Like I already said, if a couple break, no worries. I've got like, they're, they're not expensive ornaments. I've got more, they're just like balls. I've got more of them in the box if I need to replace them. So that's been my like new wrinkle this year is how much do I just chill and let it go versus try to, you know, instill this habit. We're only going to have the tree for a couple more weeks and then it's going to be a moot point. It's not like a bad habit. Like the only other thing he does is get into our plants. We've had to like put tin foil down and stuff, but that's more of a when you get the dirt on the floor that is not cool to clean up, it gets tracked everywhere because it gets on his paws. And if he's in it now, he could be in it for the next 15 years. Like, I don't want to keep doing this. But the tree, I'm like, ugh, I don't know. He also, though, loves laying under the tree, like loves it. It's his new favorite spot, which I can imagine, right? If I was the size of a cat, I would want to lay under a tree too. There's like cozy knit Christmas tree skirt under there. So it's basically like lying on a blanket and you're under all these little twinkling lights and colors. He's right by the window. That's where the sun comes in. I would totally want to be there too. But now I have the cat parent guilt. And, and I heard somebody describe recently that we don't have a good term for pet owners. Pet owner sounds very cold, but pet parent sounds it's not the same thing as being a human parent. I wish there was another word for it was what this article was saying. I was like, yes, I agree. I don't like calling myself a cat mom. I don't like calling Jeremy a dad to Freddie. I'm like, when we have a baby, he will be a dad. He's not actually a dad right now. So anyways, we call ourselves papa and maman as just like a little spin on it. But nonetheless, I already have this mom guilt that the tree is going to go away in two weeks and is Freddie going to be sad that the tree isn't there for him to lay under? Is he going to be like, I don't understand. Why did you take my favorite spot? Because he's a cat, just like a small child would. They don't understand. Like, this is going away and it's going to come back. So it definitely has been a little bit of an interesting adventure realizing how much those little pings of, am I doing this right? Am I being mean? Should I feel guilty about this? Just over an animal. And I don't say that to like dismiss it for any pet parents, but I also want to be very clear. It is 10x, 100x when you have a human. And so it is interesting kind of dipping your toe in and experiencing some of those little things that come up in our first Christmas together. So nonetheless, I am loving being in uh, Marrakesh, of course, but I also am very much looking forward to being home and back to that sweet scene of the tree and the fireplace and Freddy Cappuccino in the mornings and at night. And I hope that you are enjoying yours wherever you are in the world today or when you're listening or on Christmas morning or whatever holiday you are celebrating or excited about upcoming.
Until next Wednesday.